Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for the 2nd of April, 2023. Great night last night at Wells Fargo Center in the celebration, the last call for Coatsy, as Steve Coates was honored for his 43 years as a Flyers broadcaster. Flyers did not get the win last night. They lost to Buffalo by a final score of 6-3. to Some good things to come out of the game. You know, it's crazy, this game of hockey. The game prior, they had 11 shots on goal. We're outshot 46-11. to This game, they come out and they had 42 shots on goal. They outshoot Buffalo 42-29, to but they lose by a score of 6-3. to Mainly behind the hat trick of Alex Tuck. He was unbelievable in the game for Buffalo. He gets the hat trick. Jeff Skinner had a goal and an assist. And for the Flyers, it was Morgan Frost with two goals and Travis Konechny in his return to the lineup picked up a goal as well. So the Flyers fall against Buffalo. It was 1-1 after one period of play. Flyers open the scoring when Morgan Frost, after Brendan Lemieux kind of won a, a 1v2 battle in the Buffalo zone, kind of chipped the puck loose to Frost, who just fired it high glove on Ukapeka Lukanen, beat him, and put the Flyers up one nothing in the game. That was at 16:35. But then late in the period, you hate giving up goals in the final minute of a period with just 10 seconds left in the period. Ocposo got Buffalo on the board, so we go to the intermission with the Flyers and Sabres tied at one. Flyers did not come out ready to go in the second, however, because at 125, 240, and 3:46 of the second period, it was Tuck, Jordan Greenway, and then Jeff Skinner all scoring to stretch the lead for Buffalo up to 4-1. to one. And then at 16-02 of the second, Tuck picked up his second goal of the game, 34th of the season, and all of a sudden Buffalo was up 5-1. to one. You're going, oh, man, five unanswered goals. The one at the end of the first and then four in the second. Flyers do get one back, however, in the later uh, portion of the second period, 16-24. Morgan Frost, again, picked up his second goal of the game, 18th of the season. He's now knocking on the door 20 and uh, gets the Flyers within three. Then in the third period, right off a of faceoff, Noah, Kate wins a dr- Noah Cates wins a draw right back to Travis Konechny, who gets it and just fires it high glove on uh, Ukapeka Lukanen and gets the Flyers to 5-3. They had some good pressure after that for about six, seven minutes of game time. But ultimately, it's the Sabres who hold off that pressure, don't let the Flyers get anything else. And then Alex Tuck at 16-33, shorthanded, completed his hat trick, completed the scoring in the game. 6-3 is the final. couple of notes from the game. Obviously, the return of Travis Konechny. Uh, we weren't sure we were going to see a return for Travis Konechny this season. I thought at one point it was more likely, based on the timeline, that we'd see Sean Couturier and not Travis Konechny. But it's just the opposite. Konechny returns. He was activated off injured reserve. He played 21-54 in the game. He had 24 shifts, 2 minutes and 4 seconds on the power play, 207 shorthanded, had the goal, and 5 shots on goal. I thought he looked excellent in the game. It'll be interesting to see what he looks like today. He missed 16 games prior to returning last night. And no matter how much work or skating or conditioning or whatever you do on and off the ice when you're out, it's not hockey conditioning, game conditioning. So it'll be interesting to see how he fares in today's game in Pittsburgh because it is the back-to-back. But he certainly looked good last night, generated a lot of opportunities, got a lot of pucks to the net, was really flying around all night 
looked like Travis Konechny, like he hadn't missed any time. But again, we'll see what he looks like coming up today. The other player to bring up from the game last night is obviously Morgan Frost. Two goals. He's got two goals in two of his last three games. And again, you're just seeing the maturation of a player in the in the National Hockey League. He had 23 shifts in the game, 16.49 of ice time, minute 56 on the power play, 15 seconds of PK time, two goals and five shots on the game. And you just see, even when he's not scoring, he had a play. He already had two goals in the game. It was in the third period, or late in the second period, where he's attacking the Buffalo Sabres in the offensive zone. And he pulls this spin move to a backhand. Uh, you know, Lukanen made the save for Buffalo. But just the fact that he's trying things like that, you're seeing the creativity come out in this game. But why are we seeing the creativity come out in this game? To me, this is very simple. It's confidence. It's all confidence. You can see in his body language, and not not, not as much as body language, but mostly because of his decision-making on the ice, that he's a confident offensive player. Now, here's the good news. He's a confident offensive player that also has improved the neutral zone and defensive zone of his game. He's not necessarily a goal scorer. He's more of a playmaker, but he's scoring goals of late as well. And when you look at the, the things that he is doing on the ice, he's gotten stronger. He's having more success in board battles. He is having a lot more success making plays out of very small areas where he doesn't have a lot of time. And when he's in the open ice, you're seeing that creativity to craft plays, set up teammates, put himself in a position to get shots like he did on the Lemieux on the first goal, getting that puck off of uh, Brendan Lemieux, and on the second one as well. He just makes a nice move to the net and gets rid of the puck and beats the goaltender. He's beaten the goaltenders clean on clear-sighted shots this year. I think it's six times now. I can recall five off the top of my head with specifics, but I think it is actually six times. He's got a sneaky good shot, something we didn't see before because this is a player that was coming off a pretty significant shoulder injury. And the last thing to come back when you're coming off a shoulder injury is the shot. And we're just seeing a player really, really mature right now. And... Like with Owen Tippett, I, I put Frost and Tippett in the same category in this specific circumstance of these are both players that had tremendous success in their run-up to being a pro in junior and scored tons of goals at every level. And even in the AHL, both have really good AHL numbers. Tippett with the Florida organization and obviously Frost with the Flyers organization. But now we're seeing what happens to players like that when they get into the NHL, they have the latitude to play in the NHL, make mistakes, and not come out of the lineup, and start to have the realization that not only can they play in the NHL, but they can be really effective players in the NHL. Because you saw, it's like this development curve in the NHL that you see. You see a player come in start to get a little more comfortable, get more comfortable, start to make some plays. Then all of a sudden you see it start to really click into a creative player, taking on some decisions that may come with a little risk, but you got the confidence to pull it off at the NHL level. Stuff that you would do at a lower level, but now they're doing it at the top level. And then they see it working at the top level. 
We've seen this with both Owen Tippett and now Morgan Frost. And it is the maturation of a game. And I think it's the realization for both of those players that they can do a lot of the, thing, a lot of the things they did at lower levels. Maybe not to the same degree, but to a, a substantial degree that they can do those things at the NHL level. That the rink's the same size, the puck's the same size, the net's the same size. Yeah, everybody's better, but they belong. And that knowing that they belong and that they can make plays there can be all the difference in the world. And those are two players that we've seen the confidence, the creativity, and the effectiveness of their play go to a totally different level that maybe we weren't expecting this year. I I expected Tippett to have a decent year. I didn't expect him to have this much of an impactful year. I didn't know that he would be a player that could really kind of grab a game at times. I didn't know that Frost could go out and do what he's doing. We all hope we see the skills there, but we didn't know if that was possible at the NHL level. And when you're learning all the, like this season is about learning and it's about finding out who's who and what's what. And we're finding out that Morgan Frost and that Owen Tippett very well are two maybe key pieces to the future here. Are they game breakers, superstars? No, they are not. But they are NHL players and ones that, you know, Owen Tippett is going to be able to score in this league as like a primary scorer. He's not going to be a superstar. He's not going to give you 45 goals, but he's going to be a primary source of offense for your team. Morgan Frost should be that as well with the way he sets up plays and the way he can score also. So, yeah, you need those guys that can totally take over a game, put a team on their back. I don't know if either of them are that. But they're players that could be parts of primary scoring. You look at guys like Scott Lawton and Joel Farab. I think Farabee's a primary scorer. Or I look at you know Lawton. I look at guys like Noah Cates is probably going to be a secondary type scorer. But you need your primary scorers. You also need your elite scorers, your guys that can take over a game. But if you can have your primary scoring and a lot of your secondary scoring already here, you're in a much better position. I mean, I brought up the the question that I had from back on November, or excuse me, September 11th before the season, and I asked about three specific players in this year. And, you know, will we know if the development this season will be significant for Frost, York, or Tippett? The development for all three of those players has been significant. Tippett, it's obvious. Frost, it's becoming very obvious of late. And York, it's the blue line, so it's it's not as readily apparent, but he's been good this year. He's had a good season. He's had stretches where he looked like he was kind of not feeling it for a little while, but he got it back. So all three of those players have had significant development. And before the year, I would have said, if two of those three have significant development, then that's a good year. If you're getting three out of three, that's a really good year. I mean, not to mention, obviously, the development of Noah Cates. Yeah, he doesn't score a ton of goals, but what he brings on the ice and preventing goals is enormous. And then you couple, obviously, Frost and Tippett with a guy like Travis Konechny. And Travis Konechny also, obviously, is a primary scorer. Comes back in his first game, boom, goal. Look great in the game. He's got now got 28 goals on the year, 55 points in 53 games. 
So really good season from him as well. So Flyers fall against the Buffalo Sabres last night, and they'll be right back at it today. Like I mentioned before, they're in Pittsburgh. They're going to take on the Penguins. And boy, the Penguins are in a dogfight right now. The Penguins are playing for their playoff lives. They actually, with a loss yesterday against the Boston Bruins 4-3, to they dropped out of playoff positioning. Now they have a game in hand on Florida, and they're only one point back. Pens have played 76 games. They have a record of 37-29-10, 84 points. Here's their problem. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games. They just haven't been that good of late. And Florida, who's ahead of them, having played 77 games with 85 points, is 6-4. and four. Penguins are minus 3 in goal differential. And Buffalo's now nipping on the Penguins as well. Peng- or Buffalo, rather, has a game in hand on the Penguins and is 3 points back. So this is really tight down the stretch here. Buffalo four points out of a playoff spot with two games in hand on Florida. Pittsburgh one point back of Florida with that wild card number two and one game in hand. So how's this all going to play out? We shall see over this final couple weeks of the season. Uh, But the Flyers in Pittsburgh today to take on the Penguins. Flyers come in through 75 games, a record of 29-33-13. and They've got 71 points on the season, 5-3-2 in their last 10 against the Penguins. And look, if you're not going to the playoffs, it's fun to deal a blow to the Pittsburgh Penguins and help prevent them from getting into the playoffs. So we'll see how that plays out. Florida, by the way, has won three straight games and uh, playing some of their best hockey of the season. So they're going to put Pittsburgh in a real pinch here. If Pittsburgh can't win games, they ain't getting in. It's also the start of a four-game road trip for the Flyers, which begins this afternoon in Pittsburgh. Only two more home games left on the schedule this season. Uh, We'll get to those in a second, but the road trip consists of the following. Pittsburgh today, then the Flyers are going to head to St. Louis to take on the Blues Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. Then they're going to head to Dallas to take on the Stars on Thursday at 8.30. Then they're going to go back east to take on the New York Islanders at 7.30 on Saturday, and it's another back-to-back Sunday. It'll be against the Boston Bruins, 6 o'clock at Wells Fargo Center. That's the second-to-last home game. And then on the 11th, Tuesday, April 11th, The Flyers will be home against the Columbus Blue Jackets, and then they'll wrap up the season on the road in Chicago against the Blackhawks on the 13th. So not a lot of games left, seven games to go for the Flyers in this season, and we'll get to the offseason. Now, the other bit of news with Travis Konechny returning was that Sean Couturier is not going to return. Um, He is said to be devastated, really worked his butt off, and worked really hard to try and get out there on the ice before this season was over, and maybe if these games meant more, he probably would. But when you weigh the, you know, the benefit to the risk, you get to a point where you say, it's not worth it. And I was one of those people that wanted to see Couturier this year. The player's mindset, he wants to get back out there. You got to protect him from himself for sure. I thought it would be beneficial, not only for the club to know if Couturier could come back, play and get through it and head into the offseason, get ready for next year. But I also thought it would be really beneficial for Sean Couturier mentally to be able to do that. Not the case. He's going to come back next year, and it'll be you – know, it's a long time since he's played. It'll be about 20 months, 21 months. He hasn't played since December of 2021. So he's got to go home this summer, rest up, train, get ready, and get ready to get the unofficial second half of his career going. He's an important player for this Flyers team. He's a really important player. 
and they need him to get back out there, contribute, and be as close to the player that he was before as quickly as possible. So bad news for Couturier. Hate to see it for the player. I know. And we heard him when he was on the podcast when I talked to him. He was smiling ear to ear about the notion of being able to get back out there this year. Didn't happen for him, uh, so he's going to have to use that as fuel for the offseason. A TK back, and we'll see what the Flyers do today in Pittsburgh against the Penguins. Can they damage their playoff hopes? Hopes? We'll all find out, and uh, we'll break it down tomorrow. So, everybody, thanks for listening. Bill Meltzer will join us on tomorrow's episode as well. Have a great Sunday, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand-new Flyers Daily.